Logical Progression, Year 3, Lesson 4. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wa la akhibatu lil-muttaqeen, wa la irzwana illa ala al-zalameen. Wa salawatullahi wa salamuhu wa la ashrafil anbiya'i wa al-mursaleen Sayyidina Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'ata wa sahla, wa anta tajmi al-hazna idha sha'ta sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husni ibadatika ya Rabbil Kareem. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Good to see you all. Uh, after a week away, I was delaying on purpose, by the way. And the reason I was delaying is because uh, Shazad won't be the one who will read out today's class notes. It will be me. And today's class notes are incriminatory at best. At worst, sorry. No. Yani, yeah, incriminatory at best. And a catastrophe at worst. Reading it out with all the uncles and so on, yani in the last in the last rakat of Nafal and Witr or whatever whatnot, one could get banned for life, yani. But it's a dirty job and someone's gotta do it. Isn't it? So khalas. So I tried to stretch Yani the last chapter the last page as much as I possibly could, but it can't be stretched any more than than last week. So Bismillah Shazad, turn the screen around, let's read out today's notes. If you've seen today's notes, then you would have seen today's notes. As I said from Edmonton last week. You know, by the way, it's amazing, I still have my lips left. I went through about three or four of them. It's very dry. Like there's no water anywhere. Lots of snow, but there's no water. That's what the, the theory was. Uh, of course I went to Morton's. I brought Tim Hortons back with me as well. No one goes to Canada except that they go Tim Hortons and bring it back as well. Supplies, yani. Gaston, they just opened up a Costa in Cheetah, just, uh, in Cheetah, have you seen it? Costa's. On, the, on Station Road, Massive one, have you seen it, yeah? Unbelievable waste of space, man. Can you imagine that with Tim Hortons? It'd be absolutely rammed, yeah. Gaston, do you know something? I applied for Tim Hortons, I said to them that um, I'd be interested in, you know, sorting out a franchise. Uh, he either said a million pounds I would have found a million pounds for it uh, Tim Hortons can you believe yeah, even the Somalis go inside Tim Hortons they go in the morning they stay there all day <laughs> <laughs> they drink one coffee and then they use the Wi-Fi and they play games or whatever whatnot. okay the Canadians I'm talking about and then they get and you just think that that's that some kind of like blag but the coffee is so good <laughs> end up buying another one end up buying another one and the donuts. I mean, I'm personally, I, 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 I do the, uh, the hot chocolate. I'm not a coffee kind of guy, but anyway. So I was saying, it's so dry that your lips just peel to pieces, man. Just like crack, dry, crack. I was going through all that lip stuff and all that. Like, never used that for part of my life, man. Anyway, have we got all these uncles, yeah? We done? Alhamdulillah. Right, so today's uh, thingy. It's best if actually I read it from the beginning. Shaz, if you just take it to the top. So we are on the uh, invalidators of wudu, okay? Those things which break your wudu. And it starts off with Nawaqid uh, al-wudu. I can't even, I can't even see that, Shaz. Can you increase the size? <laughs> don't, don't, don't judge, Shaz. Don't hate and don't judge. I can't see absolutely anything. Yeah, shut up, yeah. 
The ablution is invalidated by anything that exits from the urethra or anus. Uh, do you realize that there's this big box that goes across the screen which I've told you about? I don't know how many times have you? How am I with any, uh, there's this guest box behind it, yeah? There's is no it not on that screen? There's no box over there. Yeah. I've got a massive box, by the way, in front of my t text. It just floats across the screen. Huh? Honestly, just tell me what kind of yeah, tech support is that? <laughs> what kind of tech support is that? It gives me a piece, paper, a piece of paper which I can't even read. Number two. So number one, anything that exits from the urethra or anus. Number two, any amount of urine or feces or large amounts of filth which exits from other parts of the body. Okay, sorry, any amount of urine or feces, one category, or large amounts of filth which exits from other parts of the body, mouth, ostomy, etc. Number three, losing consciousness except for a slight amount of sleep while sitting or standing. Uh, that's just three of them, okay, and there are a number more. There's actually more than even six here as well. So ablution is also invalidated by that wake up ablution is also invalidated by just lift the screen then the black thing will go forget the Arabic now that's it that's perfect by by number the fourth thing which invalidates the uh, 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 the wudu is three parts a touching a connected penis or labia with the back or palm of one's hand so the back or the palm of one's hand B touching both meaning penis or labia in the case of the hermaphrodite and C because of sexual desire that's a condition a male touching the penis of a hermaphrodite if he was in father like that yeah or a female touching the labia of a hermaphrodite okay that's like the most awkward paragraph of all the <laughs> paragraphs but I thought I thought I pulled it off with Unbelievable aplomb. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Shrinta. Shrink, what else is Shrinta, yeah? I need custom and I'm going to come back. Here. I'm going to get killed. I'm going to get killed over Shrinta. Huh? Sphincter. Say it, Zephyr. Sphincter. Where did I get Shrinta? I, I was just getting all German. You know, I was, in, I was feeling in a German kind of mood. I kept saying Shrinta. Shrinta. Initially, I was impressed for that's actually a German word. The fifth thing which invalidates the wudu is a male touching a woman or her touching him because of sexual desire, so it's the touch itself. And then number six, the touching of the anus. All of these six things, sorry, so these are six things so far, there are more as well. These second category of the first were all exitings, right? 
something coming out and these second category are touchings and the condition with the touchings is that this is not the case it does not actually invalidate the wudu if one touches hair fingernails a pubescent boy or uses a barrier or if one's body is touched with sexual desire so i'll just quickly explain that so this is referring to if a man touched a woman's hair or vice versa or the fingernails vice versa uh, if the person that's being touched or their genitals is a pubescent boy this is alhamdulillah of course or uses a barrier meaning they're wearing a glove or if one's body is touched with sexual desire meaning that if the person was being touched and they uh, being the one the one being touched by the other so that's a strange position of course and we will be covering this uh, uh, in the next few weeks in the next few weeks if, if of course we um, still remain in this masjid after a few weeks <laughs> talking about Uzbekwas right okay so then let's start off then huh? right at the beginning because obviously that's the place to start off with a connected penis because just in case we find one on the side <laughs> how crazy is that Allah yani and they said fiqh is boring Abu Dhar, close that door. Don't let any uncles come in. Yeah? <laughs> don't let any chachus come in. Or any of the trustees. or any. Don't let the imam come in either. Yeah? Alright. So, <laughs> how are we going to be able to do this? That's what I want to know. We do it by doing something serious first. By the way, like I said last week, in Ego, in, in Edmonton, there is no Ego. This whole thing's got upside down. I said to the folks, there's only one person in the world who could teach this subject, and that's me. Because you ha- you ha- the only person who could teach something like this is someone who has no ego. And my ego was destroyed a long time ago. <coughs> For the last two years, all I've been talking about is private parts. And cleaning them and washing them and cleaning them and washing them. And cutting them. And God knows what else. And gun. Speaking about this, that, whatever. So you tell me who else could speak about this sub- subject with such authority? Such a straight face? Me. Anyway, before I, t- before I teach, uh, tell you about all this kind of a class, because honestly, this is so much yeah, behavior here. I'll tell you something interesting, which I forgot to mention a couple of weeks ago. Oh my God. Oh my God. You know, the great thing is... The good thing is that some imams don't have a clue. If I said to them, yeah, what's a labia? You say, label what? Yeah, he wants to play games, isn't it? Huh? So let's play games as well. Check, you know that you know uh, that uh, guy that came, uh, hermaphrodite. <laughs> you know the guy. What's his name? You know the one we call hermaphrodite. <laughs> you see, don't start when you can't finish. Okay. Yes. Uh, I was about to make a serious point and then you came and you ruined everything we'll talk about the juicy stuff in a second what I was going to mention is that um, in the Arabic what's very interesting is uh, uh, it's a teaching point actually it's a teaching point the text as I read from the Arabic okay okay the wudu is, is invalidated by that which exits from the orifice, I said, right? And the word is sabil, yes? And we said sabil means? 
Vou subir. Look at this guy over there, man. That weird guy in the wall. What's a Sabir? You don't know what Sabir is? Sabir. A nest. A nafs. Sabir, guys. Pa. Yes? We explained this in the first lesson, yeah? Um, so, and I was reading that in the Quran, um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for pa uses two keywords, tariq, yes, and sabir, which both mean pa. Okay? Now, obviously, this is not a path. We call it an orifice in, in, in you know, in a, a hole or an orifice, but it's the root, isn't it? The urethra is the root where the urine comes out. So we, I guess we call it a root. I don't even know what you actually technically call it. What would you technically call it? If you were using it in the form of the word exit or path or road or way or whatever, what would the actual... I don't know what you would call it in English, but the point is, is that for the concept of a road, a path, a way, a direction, etc., Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses in the Quran tariq and sabil. And in the Quran, the word sabil is used exclusively for the paths of the ma'naviyat, meaning those which are uh, like theoretical. Not theoretical. What's ma'naviyat? And mahsusiyat. Mahsusiyat are those things which are, are the things which you can feel, real, tangible. Oh yeah, intangible, that's the word, yeah. So yeah, not abstract, uh, tangible, intangible, yes. So Allah in the Quran uses sabil for everything which is intangible. This is sabili, yes. This is my way, Allah says in the Quran, okay. Uh, meaning, uh, this is my way of goodness. This is my way of khair, this is my way of guidance, okay. And when the word subul, for example, is used in the Quran, the plural of sabil, again, it's about guidance. These are non-tangible things. Whereas the word tariq, is used for like uh, the path of the, the you know something which is physical it's like a road it's been beaten down it's uh uh you know do you understand what i'm trying to say so question what should be the word that should be used here Tariq. right that's the point that's being made that the quran has established a system not an obligatory one from a language point of view but it's established a pattern where Sabil is used for uh, intangible things, and whereas Tariq is used for the tangible. And this, of course, is very tangible. This is urine and feces and whatever else. And so the Sheikh was saying that the reason that the author didn't stick to the principle is because if he had stuck to the principle and said what comes out from the Tariq, yeah, it would actually confuse students, confuse the people of Fiqh, confused the, 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 the whole field and so what he gives what he gave the example of the, I mean the learning point is is that sometimes something might be wrong technically speaking but it's right practically speaking he used the word sabir from a practical point of view because everyone would understand I mean as soon as I read the word sabir I understand that in relation to the body even though it should not be used in relation to the body 
So I don't know what kind of learning point you can take from that. I mean, I took a lot from that because it shows that sometimes something is not so tech, something is not uh, something is technically cor incorrect in in a way, but practically it ticks all the boxes, and the consequence of being wrong is nothing. <coughs> Whereas the benefits of being right is a much better experience and in teaching and so on. And that's something which I think all good teachers utilize. All good teachers they know when to cut a little corner or tell a little kind of, you know, uh, use a bit of language in order to help convey a particular point in a better way. So I thought that was actually quite uh, quite beneficial, okay? Um, so back to this te uh, text. Shaz, I need to see this stuff now. So the, so now we're, so a quick, a quick introduction to all of these four, five, six. This is all about, um, it can be, it, it can be split into two concepts. The fact that some kind of sexual desire is is around is is created, and one is aroused, one is one is either aroused or one or something exits, okay, something is like sperm or something like that, or sexual fluids, etc., or nearly, or the threat of, and so the touching is uh, is considered to break from that angle, or and not so strongly speaking, it's to, uh, considered to be an area of filth or dirt and so on and so forth. That's not really the main focus. The main focus is the sexual aspect here. So all of four, five, six is linked to that. Now the problem, of course, is that when you're talking about sexual contact, is that people, like the majority of us here, just consider it to be man and woman, and that's the end of the story. But the books of fiqh have to make account, have to deal with all of the other members of society as well. And although it's a minority, of course, um, hermaphroditism um, and the uh, concept of intersex uh, people. Uh, is actually not so rare as you may think and uh, was very well known back then and it needs to be accounted for now and so we will be discussing in detail um, this and the reason in detail is because we do expect to be here in 20 30 years time as well okay and the and the hermaphrodite okay hermaphrodite just for this just to start off with now is someone who externally externally will uh, uh, display both sexual organs so they will have for example a vagina and a penis and therefore you'll be unable to clarify what this person is male or female that's just in general this here that's not the intended meaning um, and we will be going into a lot more detail a lot more in you know, a proper detail so the idea here is that you can't tell whether this person's really a man or, 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 or not and there are a number of rulings which therefore are affected by this fact this uh, this person will have a number of different rulings in terms of aura, in terms of wudu, in terms of salah, in terms of marriage, in terms of divorce, in terms of inheritance. All the rulings will change, which is why we spend a lot of time now defining it so that later on we just say, yani al-khuntha or al-mukhannath, and bang, we know what we're doing, all right? And that's the way that people, that's why logical progression is called logical progression. When it comes first time, you go in heavy, you explain the concept, but then if you do it properly at the beginning, then you will progress very nicely thereon. All right. So, and, and, and likewise, that's the most ridiculous statement you're ever going to read, isn't it? Touching a connected penis, yes? And it's worth laughing over and it's a, it's a joke. The, the problem is this. The, the, the author knows that if I don't try and cover all possible variations on my one sentence, then he's going to have to then write a bigger book and a bigger commentary and a bigger whatever, you see? So, I could have very easily just put touching a penis and said, well, you know what, of course you expect that to be connected. 
but then people will say, what about this, what about that? And as I'm going to explain, you're going to realize that it's not so crazy after all, okay? Um, but the idea is, is that the author has to try and it, when he writes and explains something, to try and cover as many questions beforehand as possible. There will be someone who will say, what if it's detached? Okay? I don't know who that person's going to be. But if a person did, at least my man's covered for. You know what I'm saying? Yeah? So, Sheikh says, this is the fourth, then Sheikh al -Tamin. He says this is the uh, uh, this is the fourth category, and he also makes an interesting point. He goes, "We're about to now explain a whole load of concepts of touching, but all of these touchings are without a barrier, without a glove. So everything you read from now on must be bare skin. The concept is all about bare skin, touching with your actual skin, because he said that the word mess is something which is not used when the skin is not making skin contact." If there is a ha'il, it is not considered as a mess. Okay? As for the penis, then we're talking about just the actual penis itself. As very interesting as well, because this is not referred to, therefore, the testicles. And in the Hamli madhab, someone who is or does touch the testicles does not break their wudu. Now, some of the ulama said that the testicles is considered as part and parcel of the dhakar which is the word for penis, and that is a complete unit as such, the whole thing with the testicles. This is a weak position because uh, there's no evidence to establish that. A specific word means a specific word, so Allah knows best, and that's the position of the class. It is only the actual penis itself which is in question considering this. Now, on the issue of that has to be connected, the reasons are if, for example, um, it had to be removed for some kind of medical treatment, or whatever. I think this is the funniest paragraph in all of this entire book. Okay? Sheikh says that if, some, if there's some kind of crime. So he's obviously been reading what happens in the Daily Mail when, when some next girl finds her husband and chops the old behavior off. Yeah. So he said, he, he, he says, Sheikh says that um, if that happens, then of course you're going to bury it. What a statement. He goes, of course it's going to be buried. So he goes, if it's going to be buried, it's going to need to be picked up. And if someone picks it up to bury it, does he have to make wudu or not? Answer, no. He doesn't have to make wudu. So alhamdulillah for that. Hey boys, okay? So next time yani, if you're in that situation and someone says that to you, then don't be shy and just do it. Okay, Sheikh? Sheikh Abdullah. I deserve a medal if I can get through this lesson. You understand me? Well, that you can laugh and smile at the back. It's easy laughing and smiling from back there. It's sitting right here, not laughing and smiling, which is the challenge, okay? Right. Um, also, something which Sheikh Uthameen adds, which, to be honest, is a bit complicated for me, uh, frankly. He said it also needs to be original. Okay? So, how does he, how does he determine asli? Yeah, I mean, I, I, he's not talking about a penile transplant. Is that possible? Um, a penile transplant? Why not? You could connect everything up, isn't it? You could, you could connect everything up, I'm, I'm guessing. But he, that's not, he, Sheikh Uthameen says that's not the intention by, by original. By original, he's talking about hermaphrodite. He says, um, he says, and I haven't got my head around this statement, to be honest. He says that the penis of a hermaphrodite is not original. Meaning, it is 
he, 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 I mean, that statement, I don't like that. But the next statement is much better. He says that if it works out that he, if it turns out that he's a woman, more female, for example, I just want you to know now that it is Islamically permissible for a person to have a operation which, when exhibited more female characteristics than the male characteristics in a hermaphrodite, it is then permissible to have an operation to remove the penis, to remove gonads, male gonads, to remove and do give uh, hormonal uh, uh, therapy and injections and all the rest of it, and to remove other aspects and introduce other aspects to almost strengthen and shore up the female nature from a chromosomal point of view and from a hormonal point of view and so on. That is only permissible, we're going to come to this later, um, if that person, number one, definitely has female sex organs and is exhibiting behavior which is closer to the female than the male. At that moment then, the penis then was not actually, it was almost like that was going to happen anyway. And therefore the penis was zaid, yani extra or secondary or whatever you want to call it. And so secondary to the original sexual organ, which is the uh, vagina. Now I just want you to know, I want you to know that classically speaking, all of the fuqaha, they all agree from every madhab on very primitive ways of deciding uh, what we're going to make this person be. How we're going to treat this person because you can understand it's really a difficult issue someone walks in looks like a boy or looks like a girl or whatever whatnot, and standing in the soft with the believers or worse as we all know someone who yeah, looks obviously like a man but says i'm a woman feels like a woman and then in, in praying with the sisters and the sisters are there without the hijab etc so it's a, it's a major issue happened to me this issue was brought to my attention twice um uh, once in this country or maybe even more than actually twice in this country, in two communities in this country, uh, in two masajid, when, where I was teaching, and once abroad as well. So it's not like some crazy behavior, it's a real issue, yani, you know what I'm saying? And we do have an Islamic uh, uh, sense of, uh, system. We have a, we have, in fact, we have a system of how to actually deal with it. And it, it basically comes down to what this person identifies more with. And uh, yes, there's an idea that if there is some doubt and people are not clear, or we doubt the person's intentions, etc., then a person would then, uh, like the women, as I advised them, they would maintain their hijab in his stroke, her presence, until something became clear. This is the person who would then have a, a sex change operation, but it wouldn't be actual sex change, because uh, that's an that would be the incorrect phrase, because that is actually already their sex, if you like. That is already their gender. Sex change operations are haram, because the word sex change is assuming that a person is a man and wants to be like a woman. Okay? And that's absolutely impermissible. And then they would, you know, create the, 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 the you know, reverse the situation of a male, both physically and uh, internally as well via hormone, via hormonal treatment. Whereas the hermaphrodite already has existing both organs. And as I said back in the day, how they would actually determine um, uh, whether this person should be treated as a male or a female is they would wait to see where they urinate from. So they said if they urinate from the male organ first, we consider it to be a male. And if it urinates from the female organ, then we consider it to be a female. And then it goes even further. If it urinates from both at the same time or is indiscernible, then it was amount. The amount of urine. So if it was only like a few drops from the female, from the vagina, for example, then it's not considered a woman. And if it was a lot, for example, from the uh, penis, then it would be considered to be a male. And actually, I can say that I think the majority of the fuqaha are upon that opinion. 
And Abu Hanifa's statement is so awesome on this, yeah? The funniest reputation ever. He goes, he goes, he goes, subhanAllah. He goes, what a baqwa statement. He goes, what a baqwa statement. Yani that a person says that a person will be determined, his gender or her gender will be determined by how much they urinate. He goes, that's the first time I heard that we're going to take, that we're going to measure the volume of urine and show it to the Qadi, he goes. That he, 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 he or she did this much urine and, and versus this much urine and therefore we're going to determine how it is. I mean, personally, um, this is a big statement, uh, for me anyway. Um, I cannot see the basis for any of these statements. Okay, well, there is actually a hadith. There is a, sorry, let me make, let me make that, 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 that clear. There is a hadith that says, uh, the Prophet ﷺ was asked, um, uh, how are we going to determine this, this person who has uh, both sex organs? And the Prophet ﷺ said, in this narration, he will inherit like he urinates. He will inherit like he urinates. So that is the basis. The problem is that the hadith has some weakness. It's not a very, very strong hadith. Um, and also today we can actually ascertain some of those aspects. I'll tell you what's very interesting about this, this, this topic. And this is also, you know, it's good that we understand this as part of our study. The discussion of, of, of classical observa observational fit versus scientific developments. So you know that they don't have the ability to check chromosomes and check the any hormonal levels inside, etc. So back in that, back in the day, they're going by very visual things. Now, if there's no hadith in play, you're kind of saying, well, this is just people observing things and they're observing versus my scientific analysis. To be honest, I trust my scientific analysis more. The problem is when a hadith comes in play, because when a hadith comes into play, then you're always then unsure, well, not unsure, but you're not sure whether divine knowledge is in play or not. And if divine statements have been made where the divine wisdom is in play, but you don't understand it, then that's when you have to then shut your mouth and shut your mind and say, we accept that. You know, okay? So if you think about this, right, um, we don't know. We can't for 100% sure ascertain whether this hadith is authentic or not. Let's assume the hadith is authentic. The way it urinates is the way that it will inherit. Okay? Well, um, a person might say, well, listen, I have a degree in, in you know, chromosome, blah, blah, blah. Okay? And I can tell you right now that it's, urinate, it's urinating through its penis, but it has more female chromosomes. Therefore, it's a, it's a woman. Okay? And the issue now would be, would there be any wisdom in knowing or going through an apparent, uh, using a visual, an apparent measure, even if you know you might have got it wrong? Even though you know that you might have got it wrong. So you might have the belief that you've got it right because of scientific fact but the hadith says it goes via urination and maybe that's wrong i'm just i don't know i'm just saying i haven't thought about that yet i have thought about the principle though the classic example is in zina right in zina we know that if we want the head to be established the punishment for zina what needs to be seen? What's Zina, first of all? Fornication outside of marriage. Okay? So it's fornication, so it's illegal intercourse outside of marriage. Alright? Okay? So, um, 
if we want to establish the zina, uh, establish the the had, the punishment upon that, which is the absolute serious top yani behavior, is going to lead to death. Okay, what needs to be established? Four witnesses, four real human witnesses, not four cameras, four real witnesses, human beings, that see the actual act itself. The actual act itself. Okay. So, obviously in your mind, you know how unlikely that is, how difficult that is, etc., etc. Hold that to the side. And now let's say that we have on the other side, a simple test which just proves immediately that it did happen. Okay? So if I can tell you conclusively that with this test, this happened, what should we do now? Follow these, the sunnah way. Okay. What is the intention behind the sunnah? You're saying to me, follow the sunnah way, which is the right answer as a Muslim, because that's what the Prophet told us. And it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the deen. And he does not speak from his desires. It is except, yani a, wahdun, yuha. It's a revelation which has been revealed to him. Fine. But we have to ask a question. What's the intention behind it? But, but we know that, that they, they, they're as not worth, it's there as a punishment, but how, how often it gets implemented is not high. In, in terms of that, to make sure that you get the four witnesses and see the action itself. So what you're saying is that the, 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 the conditions for establishing the proof are so difficult that it's going to be very rare to happen. Yeah. Okay, so therefore I ask again, what is the actual intention by, by, by trying to deal with zina? To stop people doing it in public. So if they do it in secret, then it's unlikely that four people will see it. So, so your answer of to do it in public as opposed to in private is almost like saying, you know what, keep it private, it's okay. Deterrent. Deterrent to what? To make it like a higher burden of proof. Um, to, I don't know, maybe like four witnesses, quite a high burden of proof. No doubt it's a high burden of proof, but I'm saying that is the Sharia serious about trying to get rid of this problem? That's my question to you. Yeah, definitely, I mean, you could look at the hadith. Yourself? Yeah, well. They both had a terms in terms of, like, the person is doing the zina, so you would say that by the same time preserve the honor of the people, so that, like, you wouldn't really be able to spread a lie about someone unless they could eventually prove that. Yeah, there's, uh, uh, look. You're 100% certain as well, because maybe you can say, maybe in science it might not be 100% certain. You see, the reason why I find this very interesting, and I'll throw another, I'll throw another uh, curveball in there as well, is murder okay and for murder um it is there there are opinions okay that dna testing okay would be inadmissible in the case of the death penalty because the manner that the death penalty is established is not via the use of science or something like that it has to be via the conditions of the had Yani, that's a bit more difficult, a bit more random a point. Uh, the point is, is that these three examples I've given, I don't even know what the first one was. What's the first one? Oh, about how to determine a hermaphrodite, yeah? And uh, uh, whether we can do it better today or not. And the murder, can we do it better today with, with medical advances? And especially the zina one, okay? Can we prove that, which we, you know, uh, 
which we can, I guess, okay, could be argued, all right? It asks the question, what really is the Sharia up to? Is it really serious about these crimes? Because if it was serious, then it would accept these methods and therefore end the story, would be able to get conviction each time with absolute certainty. Except, of course, that what we thought for 20, 30 years, that DNA was completely infallible, we found out actually that there are miscarriages of justice. We found that there are errors. We found that there are people who are nefarious and they swap things. And if you swap a DNA, then you know basically, because of the high level of certainty in the DNA, the most, yani, the most unlikely of causes, like person X who had nothing to do with it whatsoever, completely best of the people and innocent, he's going to be 100% guilty because the DNA is going to say it was his that was there. Okay? So I'm saying it's not even perfect. And even if it is perfect, it's, its risk of being played is huge. Okay? So that's something which we didn't realize before, but we realize now. All right? At the same time, like Musab said, who said it's just about the actual achieving of punishment? Who said that Yani Zina, the biggest... Who said, and I, I, you know, I've been making a, a, I've been making this point regularly now for a few years, and it'll be part of a new class as well, inshallah. Um, who said that the Sharia is about just preventing zina as its absolute priority? It's, it's one of its aims to to create purity, but actually, um, we we almost speak about the whole thing as if the aim of the Sharia is to punish people, and actually, if you study the Sharia, is the aim of the Sharia is is the exact opposite. Is to save people, is to protect people. The punishment threshold is so high for every punishment that we have in Sharia. It's like everything in the world is fighting against that 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 cause. I mean, like everything. Like for example, cutting the hand of the thief. You have to have so, uh, st stolen such an amount in such a circumstance. It had to be absolutely. Uh, uh, there can't have been any kind of conditions around uh, that would have forced you to do it because of poverty or, or, or illness or plague or this or that. The amount itself can't be anything. It has to be of value. The the item itself, yeah, because you, you read the headline, don't you? Stealing, and you think that's it. But you don't know all the other conditions. For example, if the thing is left out, then you can't do it. Okay, if it's left out, you know, we're going to cover 15 years. Fine. Okay. You realize that you can't just, you know, grab something and that, that's stealing. If the other person has been careless in putting it out, then the majority of scholars don't consider that to be a case either. Yani, I'm saying that there is so much more uh, in, in other crimes, for example. You'll see many of the, many of the qada and the shiuch and the fuqaha of early, early times, when they were presented with the guilty one, they would say to the guilty one, say I didn't do it. Just say I didn't do it. Just say I didn't do it and I'm going to let you go. Just begging the other person to just make any excuse to create doubt in the situation so they can be let off the off the hook. Look at the Prophet when he was approached by a person who actually said, I did zina. He's like, I can't even hear you. I can't even see you. You know, I don't even know what you're talking about. You know what's happening? Come around this way, come down. You know? So actually, if you study it more and more, uh, uh, and this is what I mean by like deeply understanding deen, it's more than just the headlines. Actually, uh, we look at something like this and we're thinking, yani, okay, uh, that, that doesn't make sense. We can very easily do this. But actually, it's us not understanding the system really, where we think that in such a simplistic way. It's not just about finding out uh, this or just finding out that. 
as Musa mentioned, it's about also setting the bar very, very high. We know that if those four people are not super confident about the, their thing, about their about the, the person's guilt, they will be lashed a hundred times. Okay, each person. And that happened, of course, at the time of the companions. Okay. And it was a major it was a major issue between Mughina bin Shu'aba and eighty uh, eighty times each person will be lashed for qaf, for slander basically, for uh, uh, effectively accusing someone of something. This is even if the guy did it. So I want you to imagine, guy and girl did zina. Four guys are absolutely certain with their own eyes what they saw, but they're uncertain whether each one is actually going to say it. So they know that we all saw it. We all know that it happened, but I'm not sure if my man's going to be able to actually go ahead and do it. If one person holds back, and that's what happened at the time of the companions, one person holds back, knowing the truth, but doesn't go and say it, boom, the old rest of them are going to get done. So everyone's in a state of doubt, isn't it? You're not going to go ahead and run forward and say, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, when you study it more and more, it's like, we don't ever want the punishment to be applied, almost. So the reason I mention it, I mention it here, is that when I say to you that they were looking to see where it urinates from, your immediate reaction is like, you know, that can be so easily proved wrong. But I haven't sat down and thought about it properly. But I think if I do, I think that we'll find Allahu A'lam that the more primitive and the more the more miskeen the way that we approach this subject, it's like <laughs> it's like we're also trying to prove a point to human beings as well. It's not about the facts. And it's not about the scientific yani, theory that shows that the chromosomes are like this and like that. If a person was a hermaphrodite and came to us and said, I am more woman than I am man. Okay. I think Sharia has to trust that person. We've not been inspect. We've not been told, for example, you know, we need to see your genitals, for example. Okay. Um, and if we did, I mean, you'd want to, obviously, and we'd expect that person to say, I've got a doctor's certificate, here's the proof, or whatever, whatnot. That's part of yani, just good, good behavior. But what I'm trying to say is that if we are going to go simply by the case of urinating, when it's so much easier to prove in, in different ways that this person could be uh, in this manner, like this, then I wonder whether this is like a side argument to support the idea that we trust the person more than actually what we can prove. Also, I think another side point is this. Even if we have all the technology in the world of being able to determine whether a person really is more female than male, okay, from a, from a genetic point of view, modern day science calls the hermaphrodite, the intersex hermaphrodite, who we call al-khuntha mushkil, which is like the ambiguous hermaphrodite. That's the, the, the exact translation for al-khuntha Mushkil, ambiguous, they actually call it the ambiguous, or they call it, I think, genital ambiguity or gender ambiguity, even though there are both sex organs there, clear, yet they still call it gender ambiguity, even though they're able to do tests and whatever. They themselves admit that there's five uh, tests, five measures or whatever that they use to determine, uh, you know, how it is. And as I said, external uh, sex organs. They've got gonads, the nature of the gonads, the chromosomes or something, and whatever, whatnot. Meaning that it's actually, <clears throat> they themselves, even in the most advanced of sciences today, would not come out and say, this person is definitely X or this person definitely Y, but it could be actually be either of the two. Meaning that doubt is meant to exist. So if doubt is meant to exist, 
scientifically we're saying that even via tests we are, are not sure and there's ambiguity then why on earth would we criticize the sharia for saying saying a person well what way do they come out their urine comes out will be the way that we will go with um, it's almost like we're saying we will trust the person's judgment if they make the make the call and i've read a fatwa from back of the early fuqaha who said that if a, a shafi'i shafi'i my, my mind is trying to a shafi'i said that if a hermaphrodite said i want to marry this woman sorry i want to marry this man and he looked like a male but he he said i'm a hermaphrodite and i have feelings towards this uh, 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 i'm more i feel more female and i have feelings towards this man shafi'i said that the marriage is valid and the other fuqaha they said no this and that blah 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 but shafi'i said it's valid because who who are uh, who, how are we going to test this person other than listening to his statements if he says that this is who i prefer to more than that and he has the visible visible proof as well who are we to say no no you don't fancy a woman or you don't fancy a man i'm just saying that's a point for reflection okay, yeah in that case then if you say the statement of a person carries more weight than the physical characteristics which is predominant genitalia then, then am I saying that? Am I saying that? I, am I not saying that? Um, yeah, well, yeah. What I mean, what I, what I mean, no, no. I don't. I, I, I don't want to say that you know a person's normal. You, I mean, I, I, you know, that's another thing, by the way. Uh, not that I care too much about this point, but apparently you're not meant to say that they're abnormal. Okay. <laughs> you, you can't say that they are abnormal. Yeah, okay, see, classic doctor, don't say abnormal, don't say abnormal. <laughs> so, no, no, uh, let's just say they're normal, okay? They're normal in that they're normal human beings, but obviously they've got both uh, genitalia. So what I'm saying, when I said normal, I mean if it was a male, and you know he's a male, and you've always known him as a male, and he comes to you and say, says, I want to get married to a male, that's a major issue, of course there is. I'm saying, to a, I'm saying a person who comes and says to you, I'm a hermaphrodite, or it's known as an Aphrodite, or there's known there's some issues that are going on. I'm saying that we don't necessarily then, my question is, my question is, are we now obliged to go through DNA testing, chromosome testing, uh, a CT scan, check the internals, check the, the externals, because you'll know that there are different levels of how much a person's gone one way or the other, mm. and external genitalia is only one aspect. Yeah. Ambiguous, yeah. and inside a person could be fully male, and outside, it just must have got a, you know, yeah. got one of those, isn't it? <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? So you said before though, but obviously sex change is haram in Islam. Sex change is haram because that is a person who is, who, who is, who is perverted, basically, from the original course that he is clearly upon. I'm talking about a male, just like transsexual people, absolute haram. Disgusting. They yeah. say the same thing. They say it's a female. Yeah. No, so, 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 just to feel means nothing. There has to be some actual signs, real proper signs that they are actually of that other sex. So then you apply the same principle in reverse then. So if you see a hermaphrodite, you say, well, no, no, we need to then, so basically, we don't need a statement to put to one side. You have to show that you are anatomically more male than female. A hermaphrodite is obviously showing something. 
You're trying to say that, uh, I, I don't want to confuse two things. I don't want to confuse this attitude to, to, uh, to hermaphrodites, this non-judgmental attitude mm -hmm. to hermaphrodites, to not questioning any person that we know coming and saying something. That's two different things. What I'm saying is that a known hermaphrodite comes in, a known hermaphrodite, however way that's known, uh, they, they, uh, people will know, hmm. everyone knows. People see it either in behavior or characteristics or voice or appearance, you can tell, okay? But let's say you can't, and a person says that I'm willing to you know, do this or you can check or here's a doctor's certificate. In modern times, that's what would be. If I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a very different scenario, a man comes in for all intents and purposes and says, I'm actually a hermaphrodite, hmm. okay? But I want to get married to a woman. Hmm. No, sorry, I want to get married to a man because I am a woman, okay? And he's a known hermaphrodite, you can see it as well. That's the issue that Shaddai is talking about. That's the issue that the Fuqaha are discussing. The majority say, you've got to be kidding, right? But there are, there's, this, there's, there's a statement out there that, hold on, if a person comes and says that, then how are we going to actually judge this person? He's showing all the signs. He deserves to have the right then to make that decision of based upon his overwhelming feeling. It's a, it's a, you know what? It's a, it's a really interesting, to be honest, very interesting area. And um, it's not just a specific area. It's the wider principle, that which I think is very important in fiqh to understand. Just the, the ramifications of, of modern day developments in science and, and whatever, and thought, and how much it affects us. You see, the other major problem, of course, is how liberal we are, naturally. We're living in the West, of course, liberal democracy, secular humanism is the dominant kind of thought. And obviously, science and, and, and the empirical kind of method is also very big to us. So we really, really appreciate evidence, maybe even more than it should be. We're so, so empirical. We want to see things all the time. And that's why a lot of people are godless, because much of faith is unseen. Okay? Much of faith is unseen. That's why it's called Iman, isn't it? You put your faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when you are growing up, growing up in an empirical kind of way, we are almost demanding evidence for things that shouldn't need uh, uh, proving and shouldn't need evidence as such. And then you add that to the fact that, that we want scientific kind of, of things to be the standard. And then we read statements which are very simple and very basic. And it can almost like make you think, you know. And what I found, and alhamdulillah, this is to my, to my benefit, and this is something which I advise all of you, is that, the, 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 the quicker that you recognize your own kind of limitation with respect to um, uh, uh, your, you know, your, um, your limits, okay? And you recognize that your intellect is just like a machine. You're operating at 1%. Is it true that we operate at 1% of cerebral capacity or something like that? Is it? That's what, that's what I heard. I said that, that I heard dolphins are like 10% or 20% or something like that. Uh, you know, of our brain capacity. I mean, that's crazy if that's true. I mean, you know, uh, th that's just the human brain. I mean, I'm not talking about 1% of all knowledge. I'm actually talking about 1% of the human brain uh, or, or whatever. So I don't know. Anyway, let's, let's, uh, let's see if we can actually get something done. Because um, we've kind of done one point. You see, I'm not worried about that because we're talking about the knowledge, isn't it? The ilm is in the ilm, isn't it? Huh? Is that still a black or is that true? True to we die, bro. So um, let's make this clear then. We're talking about a penis for the male and for the female, her qubul. Now, the qubul, okay, um, likewise needs to be original, meaning that it's not the qubul or not the, not the, and it's not the, the word, is, vagina is not the right word, okay? If you don't know about this, many men won't know, frankly. 
is that the vagina is actually the internal hold and it's not talking about the internal hold. The, the things what we're talking about, the qubul, is the labia. The labia is the surrounding, the surrounding uh, flap, if you like. Or uh, what's the actual phrase for it? Or is it a fold? Or So the surrounding part, okay, the, the outer and the inner. It has a, a, labia, a labia, which is, uh, I don't know, minor or major, Majora. they call it. Majora. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's the larger one on the outside. And then the inner kind of lining, which is the labia. Minora, yeah? Minora? Or I think it's minora. Okay, uh, so that's what it's referring to. So the outsides, we're not even actually talking about inside. So that's very important from a for the point of view of the female. Not only that, okay, so the touching of both of these, but the point with the Hanbalis is that they said it doesn't matter whether the back of the hand or the front of the hand. You might be thinking, where does that conversation even come from? Where does that conversation even come from? Or that point even comes from the point comes from that it's understood that touching is always done with the with the fingers like you know or the hand when you pick up something you pick up like that when you feel something you feel like that never is this the kind of the concept that you touch something with the back and so on and likewise when it comes to the sexual kind of feeling or the sexual touch it's never done like this it's done like that which is why you'll find many of the scholars, many, in fact, you would go maybe to say the majority, Allah Alam, they believe that touching the private parts, okay, as we will demonstrate when we do a ghusl, the kitab al-ghusl, when they do the washing of the private parts, um, they will actually show you that when we wash the body and start with the right-hand side and everything and going around to washing the body, that the private parts are washed like this, like that, okay? And the idea being that you can then clean the private parts and the inner thigh, for example. Inner thigh would then therefore be with your flat hand, and then your palm would be then touching against your private parts, and they would be cleaning them. This is if you believe uh, strongly, if you hold the opinion, that not only is it the, uh, the palm that breaks the wudu, but sexual feeling is irrelevant. Just touching breaks the wudu. And if you believe that, then by no means can you have that touch the private parts. Therefore, for male and female, you'll find that classically when we were taught fiqh, okay, back in the, you know, in, like in Muslim countries when you're young and so on and so forth, you're told that when you wash your entire body, you wash normally, normally, normally. When it comes to the private parts, you wash like this. Okay, flat hands, so that only the, these hands when it comes to the backside and to the front are on the side because touching these will not, not matter. Okay, so that's where the argument comes from. And that's why the Hanbalis are trying to say, actually you know back or front and that's why they mentioned it because they said and as, as you see now so um so sheikh says so the he says that the uh the wiping or the sorry the touching with the uh outside okay uh, sorry i beg your pardon the, the touching of the uh, 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 private parts with, with the part of the body other than the hand does not break the wudu. And that is because of the hadith uh, that have been mentioned in, white, in touching with the hand. The Prophet ﷺ said, The hadith which has been narrated by Imam Ahmed, okay, that he said, the Prophet ﷺ said, that whoever gravitates or basically touches his 
uh, penis with his hand and there's no barrier between them, whoever touches his penis with his hand and there's no ba barrier between them, then wudu is obligated upon him. Wudu has been obligated upon him. So anyone who touches his penis with his hand, then wudu has been obligated upon him. And the yet, okay, uh, the word hand, yet, what does it mean? So the idea, Shaykh Uthameen wants to make it clear, what if a person was to, for example, wipe his penis if possible with his elbow or something, I don't know. And if that's possible, okay? <laughs> but let's just say that he did that, okay? What would that mean? Would it mean that he breaks his wudu? Why not? It's not his hand. It's not his hand. You said it's not his hand. We just did two years of wudu. And we said that in wudu we washed the hands and we said up until the elbows. Excellent. The, but the Quran says, المرافق, up until the elbows. So why don't you use an evidence against us? How do we know a hand is a hand? What's, what's the proof that a hand is a hand? Allah says that the male thief and the female thief, 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 okay, then cut their hands, huh? cut their hands. And we know by Ijma'ah, and the Sunnah and so on, that they don't have their arms cut. The Prophet ﷺ told them to cut it right at the wrist joint, okay? Well, not, not right at the wrist joint, but it has to be above the wrist joint. Why? Why is that? Anyone know? Why is that? Feel it. Feel your hand. Yeah. Easy to cut. It's bang straight there, isn't it? What are you saying? Is it cut here? Forget what, I'm, what, what, what I said. I'm saying to you, let's cut it here. Yeah. Don't you think that's good? No doctors can answer. No. Why? What's wrong with that? There's bone there. Yeah, huh? When they join it back? Yes, they might want to join it back. That's true. If you do cut it by mistake. There could be a few other things that need to be done as well, man, if you cut someone down by mistake. But uh, actually, you've answered your own question, but the wrong way. No, no, sorry, yeah, you have answered the question, and your answer is semi-right. I mean, it's actually quite simple. You, you cut someone's hand there, that guy's finished for life, that's it, khalas. Because you're not, you're, you, you, imagine the, the joint. You cut past the joint, it's a clean cut, hand comes off, and then at the end you can then wrap it up and you know, you get that nice ball. And that's it, Psh, job done. You was to cut that there, you've cut through the nerves, you've cut through the tendons, you've cut through the bone, you've got nothing but a splinter. You can't use that. You can't put any weight against that, you can't do nothing. It doesn't create a ball, it's like, the, again, punishment, it's not about absolute, you might think, well, it's a big punishment using my hand. Actually, frankly, you can get used to do a lot of things with a stump, right? But to, I don't know what that would be called, if it's there. Still be called a stump, technically, but from a doctor's point of view, it's not the same, is it? It's a disaster to work with, right? You wouldn't be able to do anything, take a long time to, 
deal with it. So anyway, the point is, Allah says their hands, yet yeah, it's cut from here. And so that's the proof that a hand means that, and only that, exactly there, right there, not the wrist, okay? It includes that part there only, unless the, the words say, including this, including that, etc., etc. So that's the hand which is to be uh, cut. And then scholars, they disagree, they, they, they differ amongst themselves with respect to the touching of the, of the private parts. Does it actually break wudu or not? And there are four positions, and we will cover those next week, inshallah, because they are detailed, a lot of detail, and we will go through all of the evidences. We will talk about whether it, did, whether it is absolute, if you touch it, it breaks wudu, or whether you need sexual desire, then it takes, breaks wudu, or whether it's recommended to do so. We'll talk about all of the opinions, inshallah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Exactly. Questions on today's lesson first? Yeah. What's the situation for the guys in Pakistan who dress up as women? What's their situation? Yeah, so that's something, that's, you know, people, uh, uh, the, 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 the question is, is that what about those people who dress up, cross-dressers, and things? These people are transsexuals. We've got to make it very clear. And who's taken protect this house? If you've taken protect this house, you'll know that this massive mistake I put in there. I was trying to translate, um, I was trying to write down uh, um, uh, thingy, hermaphrodites, and I had a blonde woman put transsexual down, and it's still there actually. No, no, it's not, sorry, not, not the previous house. Last breath, last breath. Anyway, the point is that, is that um, a transsexual is someone who tries to act like the other sex for purely deviant reasons. They've got nothing yani, in them whatsoever other than their thoughts. And that's never, ever, ever acceptable. This is utter deviancy. That's of course why, that's of course why the pro-gay and pro-homosexual uh, lobby is desperate to try and find a medical link or a genetic kind of flaw in order to basically say, there you go, person can't help it. Because once medically something is proven, then that's true. Then we are in trouble then, okay? Of course that will never happen for homosexuality, but for in terms of... Uh, uh, intersex people. I don't even know what you call them. People. No, you don't say intersex men or women, do you? You just use people. A neutral term. Intersex people. Um, it's an actual, they've got both thingies uh, and they're both, yani, you know, they've, they've, they, they, they can legitimately go one way or the other. And we can legitimately help them as well based upon what we can see to be the dominant feature. So feelings by themselves are never acceptable because that's once you once you open that door, once you accept that people feel a certain way is acceptable, well then you can't stop. Then pedophilia is acceptable, incest is acceptable, murder based upon yani X Y Z is acceptable. Everything starts to balcony here. Then you understand what I'm trying to say? There has to be some standards, and Sharia is very very perfect. I mean, it is absolutely perfect. It is supremely consistent. Yeah, and it says that feelings, we're not going to be interested in people's feelings. But if you have a medical flaw, then we will save you for your, your whatever. So, for example, if you're proven to be mad or insane, then you are not held accountable for anything. Yeah, forget about your murder and your this and your that. Uh, forget about your salah or whatever, whatnot. Allah takes accountability away from you. So we, we are the people of science. Let's, let no one try and teach you that. We know exactly what, what, you know, what's going on. And we know when a deficiency is deficiency, we know when someone has been compromised because of a condition, and we know when someone's trying to blag it as well, which is the majority of people, basically. Yeah. Do you 
Yeah, we can discuss that properly, I think, next week or the week after. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it may be good if people do some background reading and get their own opinions, bring it to the class so we can have good debates about it. I think it's useful, yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, this is a little bit off topic. <coughs> You're talking about the idea of having four witnesses. Can you just clarify this verse as well? The, uh, the question is, is that the four witnesses, does it apply with rape? Yeah. In terms of yani, whether the... The establish the, the guilt against the one who's the rapist? Yeah. Um, yes and no. It depends upon exactly what the claim is. It depends upon... Um, uh, and, uh, what I want to say is that there is, there is a khilaf amongst the scholars. Okay? But al uh, ghasab which is, which is what it's known as, okay? Or the khisab, I should say. Um, it can be sufficient in times to use a woman's a single woman's testimony uh, when we know that the system is being abused and the people are not to be trustworthy etc 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 so it is a flexible situation but it's not as yani what the what what we would have in the current criminal system it's not the same without going into too much detail because then we lose ourselves in discussion anyone any questions on the actual class itself or topic anything online baby is born and uh, before they uh, they must have died and uh, you know just on the baby is born thing i tell you what's really interesting there's a amazing pressure amazing pressure on trying to take away the right of agency from parents to determine the sex or determine the sex but to basically make the cut there and then <coughs> so the child is born with both sexual organs what I'm saying, Yanni, is that if your kids are going to get born, make sure that, you know, and you've got an idea, make sure it doesn't happen in Australia, okay? Because they are hardcore over there. I've got to work out where the best place to have your hermaphrodite baby is, okay? But I will tell you next week, inshallah, okay? I'm in the middle of my research. People think, Yanni, this is unscripted. You know how much planning time goes into this? Abu Dhabi, Yanni, thinks that I just sit there five minutes. You know, he goes, he goes to me every day, he goes, no, he goes, he goes, nothing. He goes, you do nothing. I know, I spent a whole half a bloody week doing this before I spoke. Shut up, man. <laughs> now that's, that's translation is something else. That's such a headache. It took me like three hours to translate just that part there, man. I couldn't work out how to put it. What a mission that was. Delete this, intersex. Delete that, hermaphrodite. Delete that, gender ambiguity. Delete that, ambiguous hermaphrodite. Delete that. I said, what is this for fast, man? I have to read it again, again, again. I've got a life as well, you know. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah, all right. In Australia, they want to basically say... And I, I'm not sure what the current law is, and it changes literally every couple of years as they become more and more enlightened, yeah? So, basically, at the moment, it is either you are not allowed to say to the doctor that I would like my child, you know, uh, uh, for example, one of the organs to be taken, because the, the doctor will tell them, your child's a hermaphrodite, both organs are there, and from the chromosome study and the genetic study that we've done, it's clear that this is a woman, a girl, in a boy's body. Okay? So for you as a parent, and you heard that, you would get to work immediately, isn't it? You'd get rid of the organ, start doing all the necessary behavior, start the clothes, start the hair, start everything, and then you let nature take its course, inshallah, it can be okay. They said that if the child gets to the age of five, after that, you do not have the ability to make, to make that decision. 
And what they really want to do is to say at the age of zero, meaning born, and they confirm it for you, neither doctor or parent should have the agency of determining this kid's free will to live a life of sexual choice. And that's me, this is the kind of bakwas we live in, you know. They, they're so concerned about the right of this child to experience both. They said, we want the child to experience both and choose because your decision might rob this child of one of its yani, chosen parts. Wallah I'm telling you. The amazing thing, subhanAllah, you know what, what, what restored my, 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 my faith in humanity is that it only seems to be the Australians who've lost the plot in this one, but yani, there seems to be like yani, some pressure. It's changing. America, obviously, UK, a few countries. It seems you know, with, with male you know, circumcision, it's challenging for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, true. It's true. It's true. Actually, most aspects that are not yani Sharia, yani uh, or 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 pro Sharia, are to be found in some kind of you know negative concept and unacceptable and whatever. Sorry. Yes, you're saying so. Yeah, a baby so is. Baby is born and it doesn't urinate. Uh, doesn't um, urinate. Uh, no, a few minutes before urinating, it's then illegible inheritance because they inherit as a male or female. Uh, uh, the baby dies basically. That's what, that's what they're trying to say, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's illegal. Yeah, the baby dies. Read the, read the question, Shaz, yeah. Does he inherit like Come a male or female? It's like, yeah, just listen to me. No, 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 no. The question is clear. Yeah. The baby is what born. If a baby is born with both sex organs and dies within a few minutes before urinating, does he inherit? Yeah, the question is like the male or female? So the answer, the, the, answer, the answer today is my answer at the very beginning. I don't necessarily think, and the knows best, I need to make some study on it, that the urination is the only and the only and the must nos way of determining the sex. And especially if there was no urination, um, uh, then we could do a test and see that it is more male than female, etc., etc. Meaning the judge would use his best interest and make ijtihad and determine whether the child was more male than female or vice versa and then give the inheritance based upon that. I can tell you that someone in Edmonton asked that question. Because that's what we've been talking about for the last yeah, two weekends. Everything to do with inheritance and people dying and this and that. We have another person who's uh, asked the question twice now, last week and this week. And I have a feeling they'll ask every week. Okay. Is that the person, is that the person yeah, who asked the same question like five times as well? No. And can you please tell a ways to stop yeah, pressing submit? Every question he puts, Yanni, he presses it five times. That, that was Oasis' question. Oasis' question, sir? <laughs> yeah. Oasis is a pain in the two genital regions. That's what he is, okay? All right, Oasis, your best. He's been done publicly now, okay? Gusson, man. You know what it is, actually? I, I know that I haven't answered any of the questions yet myself. I've been insanely busy, but keep the questions coming because I will. And when I land, when I land, oh, dang, oh, boom. Will be taken out, and don't put questions that are not nothing to do with the subject. In each one, the questions when we say that we're having a current affairs section where we ask questions on anything is the verbal only. It's not for writing. Just so that's clear for everyone, that when we talk about that, that's the only asking a question that we talk about. Don't put it down. Don't say that okay, this week's lesson means that we can put any question on anything here. No, no, that's only to say it out. If it gets answered whilst we're speaking, fine. Otherwise, it's not going to be touched. I just want to make that clear because otherwise it would be impossible to do anything. Everyone just be asked questions about everything. And 
the question is when is there season two about the <laughs> <laughs> that Oasis again isn't it that pack you know what you know what Oasis is paying everyone I know. Yes, twice last weekend this weekend. I think. Okay. All right. The answer to that question is when I look a bit more like I did in Aladdin Northbred season two, and then we will release it so because that means never. It's never gonna come out. This will be one of those things when you see we can't have archive footage of this discovery we found. This is tape of whatever. Yeah. Otherwise, the people will be confused, isn't it? It's irresponsible, Subhanallah. It'd be irresponsible if I release Aladdin Northbred this week. They'll say. Who's this guy anyway? <laughs> Isn't it? And that's not right. That's not right. Like I told you, sometimes it looks right. You think that you should use tariq, but you use sabil just to keep yani, the, you know, the, the harmony and to keep everything going. So if I was to release a leather north road too, people would say, what the heck? This like, guy's like three times the size of that one. <laughs> and they get confused and then they, yani, they start making doubts. So if one, Allah has uh, yani, rahm upon a certain guy, okay, and he becomes looking like Yani, you know, Al uh, Adil Nufred season two. Yeah, I don't think it's a problem with that. I think he'll be out the next day then, <laughs> with <laughs> free, with party and free Yani Halwa, and Shazad Salim giving sweets and Bobby Jalan giving free burgers and anything. <laughs> Done. جزاكم الله خير guys سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت وأستغفرك اللهم وأتوب إليك والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله